Welcome to another episode of the Cool Tools Show and Tell. Our special guest this week is Sean Levin. Hey, Sean, would you introduce yourself to our listeners and watchers? Sure. Well, first, thanks so much for having me, Kevin. I appreciate it. Huge fan of the show. Hi, everybody. My name is Sean Levin. I live outside of Philadelphia. I work probably for the past 20 years in the data space, so data and analytics, data management, and I've been doing that for about 20 years. And the last couple of years as well, I teach data visualization at a graduate school in Philadelphia. And really excited to share my tools today. We're really excited to have you there. I'm sure they'll be really interesting. One of the joys of doing this is people from various backgrounds often having um, a different set of tools that they know about. So um, so tell us about your first tool, Sean. What's, what do you want to share with us? All right. So this goes to my data visualization background. So in the past, you know, working in data, using a lot of tools, I, I've, tr I've tried everything. When I first started, Excel was the big place that we would create data visualizations. And maybe about seven years ago, I found a tool called Tableau. Mm -hmm. And Tableau is a data visualization software that allows you to easily create data visualizations. I could do some demos of, of the software, but specifically for this, I first came across Tableau. They have a product called Tableau Public which is intended as a stripped down version of their full product, but it's meant for like, well, it's free. So that's, it, it's accessible to everyone, but really meant to sort of explore the visualization um, software itself. And I started using this as, as a hobby and I certainly I'll share my, my, some of my work later, but I use this as a way to mix sort of the analytics side of the work that I do with art. And I sort of combine them both. So, so in brief, I have an idea of what a spreadsheet is. Mm -hmm. I kind of have an idea maybe in my head of what a database is. Um, in a kind of rough category, what, what is Tableau? So Tableau will connect to, to that database. And the, the public version typically connects to just like a spreadsheet or a CSV file, or sometimes some cases too, if you have a PDF with a data table, it can connect to that as well. It'll connect to that and it sort of pulls all the information in and Tableau tries to figure out if something is what they call a dimension, which would just be like category or something's a measure or something that can be added, multiplied, anything you can do with like a number. And then Tableau will take that and sort of split them up and list all of the variables you have in your data set. And the whole interface is all drag and drop. So you click a click a variable, pull it over to, you have like a blank canvas with an X and Y coordinate. You mm -hmm. just sort of drag it onto the canvas and it puts the data there. And then and when you start adding other variables, it'll sort of determine the best visual it thinks you should use. So if you're using a time variable, it will want to show you a line chart, for example. Or if you just have categories and values, it'll default to a bar chart. Now you can change all those. There's tons of settings. Everything is like fully customizable from labels to colors. Mm -hmm. You have the whole world, but Tableau is trying to make it really easy to get started. So it'll, looking at the data, it'll say, oh, this is a number. This is a category. You want a bar chart. Okay. And so it's it's a way of graphing um, or plotting data. And it it's, it's smart. So it's assisting you in doing it and maybe even doing a first draft of it. You got it. That's 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 the power of it. And it's really easy to learn. So this is the software that that I use to teach my data visualization class. And we've tried other types of, of softwares. And 
the students have a harder time of just like learning something new, but Tableau is one of those things you, within the first, like not even an hour of using it, you figure out how it works and you can start creating things right away. And is it um, web-based? So they have both. So you can download um, a, a local like copy on your machine, or you can use a web-based tool. And the there's slight differences, like most of the functionality is the same, but there are a few nuances that things that you can only do in the desktop version compared to the web version, but the two versions are very close. And the uh, public version, the Tableau public, is that web or an app? Yeah, so uh, both. So the, the what makes it public, and this is the other piece too, is a, a there's a couple key features. So I mentioned if you want to connect to like an actual database, you need the full version that runs, I think about $840 a year for a license. Um, so, so there's that piece. The other piece too, is you can't save the files locally with the public version. So what you do is you publish them to Tableau server and the point of the software, it helps you create visualizations quickly, but it, they're also interactive visualizations. So you publish it to the server and then you get a link that you can share with others and that people can come and not only see your visualization, but interact with it, hover over, you can add all sorts of things to, to make it interactive. And you mentioned maybe we'll get to this later, but you can also use it to make art is what you're saying. Besides, you're, this is a kind of a enterprise business-ish tool, but you're saying you can also do other things with it. Yeah, so it's it's really neat, the, the things you can do with it. So with the public version, so when you publish it online, and you can create a profile. So that's sort of how I started too. You publish visualizations, you have a profile. Um, and like I mentioned, you create charts, but the other concept they have in Tableau is also called a dashboard, which is charts plus other things. So that's where you integrate images, text, mm -hmm. and you sort of pull that all together. And that's really where I think the magic happens, where you can pull together, you have information, and then you start adding other contexts and creating a style. And just with, with the tool itself, you can create all sorts, you pull in all sorts of data and you can pretty much anything you can think of, you can design in Tableau. Cool. And um, uh, I imagine that there's tutorials everywhere for, for this at this point. Yeah, so tons of great stuff. And the other thing that's really great about Tableau too is there's a really strong community online. So a lot of folks hang out on Twitter. And if you go there, the, the hashtag that people use is datafam, F-A-M, like data family, and just super helpful, super welcoming. People love to share their work. And the other great thing about Tableau Public too is when you publish something, it's available for others to download as well. So if you see something that you really like that really resonates with you, you can go in, you can download it and sort of reverse engineer and like, wow, how did somebody do that? And you see that all the time. Um, just, you don't know how somebody was able to do that with the tool and you can basically unwrap the package that they created and figure it out and learn that trick yourself. Okay. That's really cool. Tableau. All right. Um, yep. So Sean, what's the second um, favorite tool of yours? All right. So this is also work related to, so a lot of themes about with data visualization, it's around effectively communicating data. I also have this challenge too. I do a lot of presentations at work and putting together a lot of PowerPoint slides is the medium that we tend to use. So how do I do that effectively? I don't wanna just throw a bunch of words on a screen and sometimes I'll, you know, I'll build a chart in Tableau and put that on a screen. But one of the things that I use to convey a lot of information in a small package is the use of icons. So I use icons quite a bit and my favorite source for those is a website called The Noun Project. So I see you nodding. So perhaps you've used it. 
I love the Noun Project. It is, uh, there's millions of icon choices. And what I like most about it is just the, the search engine feature. In the past, I've had a, I've had, maybe it was a PowerPoint deck of 15, 20 slides with all these icons and you have to look manually page by page trying to find the right icon for you. No more with the Noun Project. You just type in something, you get a full screen of icons and wide, wide variety of styles as well. So we have solid icons, outlines, pan sketched icons. There's all sorts of nuance there. And there's a lot of features that, that you get with the Noun Project. So, um, so, so describe for the benefit of or watchers and listeners what, what you mean by icon, what an icon might be and what it might be used for. Um, um, and maybe one example of what you've used it for recently. Yeah, sure. So probably the easiest thing to think of is your phone. So in your phone, the, the button you would hit to make a phone call, there's an icon. If you the little Apple app, the icon. And it's got a little, a little picture of an old telephone. Right. That is an icon. So it's a little picture that represents something and you don't have to use words. You don't have to write you know, can you imagine if your phone, everything had just had text of what it was, you didn't have a picture. So the picture just really makes that connection. One of the icons that I use like at work related to the, so I built something in Tableau. If I'm building a dashboard, I sometimes I'll use the home icon. So a little picture of, of a house. And just if a user sees that, they know if they click that, it'll take them back to the beginning of the experience. And for slides- So, so, again, so, so, so the Noun project might have hundreds of different, homes or houses of different in different styles that you could select from and then you it's a jpeg ish kind of um thing and then yes okay and then um is it free does it do they charge by icon how how does that work so great question so yes it's free and with some caveats so when you download it i think you have limited controls and you can only download a certain size image of the file. And the other thing is you have to do attribution. So you have to say you got it from the noun project and who the author, they provide all the information to do that attribution. With a subscription for the noun project, which is about $40 a year, you, you have unlimited downloads. You have additional options for the size of the download. So I tend to, I like SVG, the scalable vector graphic. So I'm able to make it as large as I need to for my graphics. And then you don't need to do the attribution. And part of your payment supports the artists who are putting right. their icons into the site. When you have an icon, where does the attribution live? So if I were putting it on a PowerPoint slide, I'd have to like footnote it. Where the, where the but if you were using it on a dashboard. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so sometimes on the bottom of a dashboard, like I, I typically at my dashboards, I'll have a section around information about the dashboard itself. And that's where I would put it to like references or data sources. Um, I would put the attribution down there. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so these are, you know, by the definition of the name of the project, the noun project, these are nouns. There are lots of things, or maybe in some cases, maybe intangibles, gestures, or adjectives, I guess. And, um, uh, I I guess I I guess I'm surprised that there are that many uses for the icons. I guess if you're designing websites or apps, do you find that people 
Are you using them for other things besides either an app, uh, an app or a web page? Yeah, I, like like I said, I, I tend to use them for help helping convey meaning to something quicker. And so instead of like writing, like if I'm doing a PowerPoint slide and I have three main points for each mm -hmm. of my main points, I'll try to find an appropriate icon to represent that point. So I can sort of use less words, less space mm -hmm. and sort of help the stickiness of that idea. Mm -hmm. um, and like I said, the variety and the, the things that are available on the noun project, one of the examples that they promote on their site too, is if you search for Beyonce, there's, 10 to 12 icons of Beyonce. If you had that need in, in a, mm -hmm. to use an, an icon of her, you can find it with in different styles. Um, I don't want to derail the conversation, but for my PowerPoint presentations these days, I'm using the image generators. And yep. I would be very tempted to try generate an icon <laughs> just to see what happens. I haven't thought of that, but that's, that's, that's an amazing idea. Um, because you get very specific. If an icon doesn't exist, you just, okay, let's make one. Um, so, Sean, that's really great. The Noun Project. Um, so tell me a, a third uh, tool that um, you would hate to lose. All right. So this one is away from work now. And this is my wallet. So it's something that, that I use. And every time I use it, I tend to get um, comments about it. So I'm going to hold it up for you here and I'll, I'll describe it to my listeners. So it's right now, it might be a little hard to see. It's a regular sized wallet. It's made of paper uh -huh. and my particular wallet looks like a piece of white bread. White bread. Okay. And if I open it up, it's actually <laughs> a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Uh -huh. and every time I go to pay for something, I, I'll always get comments about my wallet. So this is called a mighty wallet. It's, um, it's made of Tyvek, so yeah. the stuff that they wrap houses on. Uh -huh. So it's paper, so it's really thin, and it's you know it's unrippable, so you don't have to worry about it snagging in your pocket. And it's also like waterproof, so you don't have to worry about it getting ruined if if it happens. You know, you get, uh -huh. go swimming, forget to take your wallet out. Right. You won't have those issues. Um, it's really thin, I, and like I said, the designs are super fun. And actually, when I came on the show, I, this is the one I actually thought about showing. So they have one. It, it the wallet is just filled with tons of there's a ruler on it there's equations there's conversions for different measurements and this is the first one I saw this opportunity about cool tools this is the first thing I thought about was this measurement mighty wallet there's a ruler you have to get back a little bit so you can focus oh yep there's a ruler uh, maybe some metric to imperial conversion mm -hmm. uh, things like how many cups in a Oh, then inside a protractor and yep. some formula. What's the symbol in the center? Um, that looks like, so that to me, looks like it's just like an artistic, maybe it looks like a, a graphing of a quadratic equation, but it, it's more, it, it doesn't appear to be functional, just uh, okay. pleasant to look at. The mighty wallet. All righty. That's cool. And the mighty wallets and tons of designs. There's about 40 different designs. Some, you know, here's another one I have, and I'll mention too. So this one is a combination of the Great Wave painting and Starry Night. So an artist combined the two. Or an AI. <laughs> yes, yes, we're an AI here. And like, so this one I was using, they last about three months. 
So after a while, really? the, oh. corners, the corners start like they'll hold up longer, but I feel like they start looking a little ragged. So the corners get bent and they, they get they start getting a little thicker. So I tend to I'll buy them three or four at a time and swap them out every couple of months. But this is the one I just switched from. But again, another in interesting piece. Whenever I pull my wallet out to pay for something, someone's uh -huh. always asking me about the wallet. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's cool. Okay, Mighty Wallets. Yep, and I don't know if they mentioned, they run about $18. There's uh -huh. typically sales on the website that they have um, you know, for free shipping or buy two, get one free. But about 18 bucks and fun, great wallets to have and real thin and something different. Cool. Yeah. Um, and you seem to pack a lot in there um, with uh, cars. Mostly is what people carry these days. Um, credit mm -hmm. cards. Yeah. So I, I think on each side, I have about three, three cards on each of the sides of the yeah. wallet. So it doesn't get too thick. And then there, there's, a, there's a, you know, there's actually two money slots in the back. So I'm, I don't know why you need to, I think it's made out of a single sheet of Tyvek. Okay. So probably the way you have to fold it. Um, so I do that, but yeah, if you keep it to just three cards each side, it, it it's pretty thin. Yeah. Um, beef, I don't know, have a little, a little more than a half an inch thick. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, you know, it, it keeps, uh, like I said, a pretty light back pocket with, uh, yeah. with that. Okay. Well, thank you. So, um, Sean, your fourth tool, what would, what are you going to offer for your fourth tool? So this one is something I guess that started post pandemic for me was, I wanted to, you know, lift weights at home. I didn't, I wanted to stop going to a gym. I've been sort of working out a little more in the morning and I don't have a ton of space in my basement. So started looking at adjustable dumbbells. And the one problem that I saw with most of the adjustable dumbbells was the length of them. So you, you, you would be able to, you know, change weights from typically they go from maybe like two and a half to five pounds on the low end up to 50 to 70 pounds but a lot of the designs that they had, how it would work is the length would be fixed and typically say 15, 16 inches long per dumbbell. So even if you were lifting with really small weights of like five pounds, you'd have this monster dumbbell that you're trying to lift. So I found a dumbbell set. It's it's called the Core Home Fitness Adjustable Dumbbell Set. And it's a pretty, pretty clever design. So here I'm holding up the dumbbell here. It's maybe about 10 inches long. This is the just the base. And there's a little number at the top that'll tell you how much weight it is. So the dump, the, the handle by itself is five pounds. And I'm gonna turn my camera here a little bit. And I have the, the stand right behind me. So you sort of put it in the set and then you twist the handle to the left and then the number will increment. And then as you turn it, there's a like a plastic rod in the middle that'll extend out and grab the appropriate weights. Um, so th this set goes in increments of five, so from five to 50 pounds. And as you twist it, it'll add on the right weights. So uh -huh. it's really easy to, to change. You know, if I'm doing like a multiple sets, I just put it in, twist the handles and it'll change. And then notice it, like as you add more weights, it gets longer. So I, I feel like it's a lot easier to hold and the, the, just the comfort of it compared to just always having the same length, even if you're using shorter, shorter, lighter weights. Wow, that's really ingenious. Mm -hmm. They wow. mentioned with this too, so I, this is just, I think, with all adjustable weights, but you can't drop them. And so, like, I know I've seen it, that if you're working out of the gym with those, like, hex dumbbells that are all, you know, either, like, a plastic material or all metal, 
when some, you know, we're working with heavy weights, you might drop them on the floor. These specifically, and I guess because the piece in the middle appears to be plastic, uh -huh. you can't drop them. So you just have to be a little extra careful with them. I've had them for over a year and haven't had any problems. They, they work great, super easy to change in and out weights, and they don't take up a lot of space, which is really what I was looking for. Right. Yeah, that's really fantastic. Really cool. Then, and, and tell me the name of those again, please. So it's a core home fitness is the core C O R E. Yes. And the other thing I'll mention too. So in order for this to work, there is a, I don't know if you can sort of see it underneath of the, the dumbbells itself. There's like a bracket that you have to put it on and that sort of unlocks the twisting mechanism. So this way, when you're holding the dumbbells out of the cradle, they won't twist, but you put it into the cradle. But the problem I found with the cradle is it's, they're really light. So if you use the heavy, so if I'm doing a, a set of exercises and I'm using the 50 pound weights, I try to lift them off the cradle. The cradle sticks to the bottom because it, it doesn't, it hardly weighs anything. So they, uh, the core home fitness also sells a dumbbell stand, which that's what this is sitting on. So it, uh -huh. like the cradles get attached to that. And then this way it's like a, a much better height to change the weights if you right. use it. So I would then, recommend both. Um, the the dumbbells and the the rack to make it a lot easier to use and change. And they look around three hundred and fifty dollars for the set. Um, three hundred fifty dollars for the dumbbells itself, and usually you can find. I think the the rack retails for maybe like one seventy nine, but they. I feel like there's always a sale on their websites, and it's about a hundred dollars on sale. Mm -hmm. So you're looking for a little under five hundred for the whole set. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, thank you, Sean. That was really great. Um, so. We have some time. Can you tell us about um, what you're working on or what you want to share, um, something that you um, have been giving your time to? Sure. So related to data visualization is what you're trying to do is convey information effectively is, you know, to, to the readers when you look at the charts. I'm trying to take the same approach with writing now. So I, I recently read a book. I have it here too, just, just sneaking in another one. So this is called Smart Brevity, but it's it's really focused on how, how do you write, how do you write better? How do you write more effective? How do you say more with less? So I, I've been working on that. So in both, um, I started doing some blogging of just things that I'm interested in, but using the principles in this book and just how do I do that more effectively? So I started blogging more and with that as well as I'm looking to combine my two worlds of once I sort of get this new style of writing with data, how do I make that compact, concise, really sort of drive home those messages as effectively as possible? So that's that, that's what I've been really interested in lately and, and trying to go. Because a lot of times with the data visualizations, you add a lot of things and it can get really dense and you have to, there's a lot of information there. And how do you strip away just the essential information? So that's that's what I've been really playing with. And um, it, like I said, it's it's been very fun trying to, take a new spin on not just presenting the information, but really how do you hone it down to just the essentials to get the point across? This, that was seemed to be Tufty's little um, stick for, for a long time was yes. this uh, yeah. distillation. Oh, sorry. Yeah. The, this, the distillation of, of, of uh, visually displayed graphic information made simpler. And that's that's exactly how I got into data visualization was I attended one of Edward Tufte's, he does a, a one day course and went there and it just blew my mind and changed the direction of my career as well of, mm -hmm. I want to do data visualization. This is amazing. So 
Mm-hmm. Um, definitely changed the trajectory of my career uh, seeing that. But that, you're right; it's that's the style. And try how do I do that better? And even in the in the digital medium, so knowing that people are reading things on Twitter online, they're scrolling, moving fast. How do you grab someone's attention? How do you write? How do you use some of those visual principles to grab someone's attention, show some information, and then allow them to either dive in or move on? And have you seen anyone starting to explore using AI to do this as a as a as an assist as a as a tool? I haven't yet. So that was when um when I first got access to Dali, that was one of the things I was playing with is, oh, I wonder if they can do data visualizations. And um it didn't quite meet the mark of what I saw, especially I feel like with text, it doesn't do a good job. Like it Mm-hmm. There's letters there, but it's it doesn't make any sense. Um, but I'd be very curious, like in the future, I feel like there'll probably be a lots of uh, improvement in that space to to do that as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, I can certainly imagine um, two things. I could imagine kind of maybe a creative. What's the word I want? Um, display of it in a kind of the corny way that time magazine who's it there's a there's an illustrator time magazine who did a whole book a famous for doing graphs um where like you know he would do oil like oil showing oil usage there would be barrels okay yes. as a bar chart he had a name he had a whole entire book it had a whole thing that he would kind of play around with the um representation of the visual information that that was sort of contextually appropriate and mm-hmm. i could imagine the ai being useful in that kind of um of a world uh, as well as uh, doing what your tableau is doing of kind of like parsing the, the 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 data to try and make the the best arrangement of it um so that's it'll be a frontier to keep our tabs on yep well sean this was really great <clears throat> Is there a place that people can um, see what you're doing in your data visualization? Do you have an Instagram or Twitter? Um, so I, I do have a Twitter. Um, probably you can probably get to all of my stuff through my website, which is uh, just my full name. It's Sean S H A W N, the letter M, and Levin L E V I N dot com. I will probably have it in the show notes here. But all my my Twitter, all my my portfolio for my visualizations will all be there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, I really appreciate great stuff that we hadn't heard about before. Um, and um, I wish you success in your quest to bring simplicity to the visual world. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. This year, our Cool Tools blog will be twenty years old which means we've been posting something new every day for 20 years. It's only possible because of the very engaged and knowledgeable readers and listeners like yourself. You've kept this place going, and we are very grateful for you. With this idea of 20 years in mind, um, we decided to try an experiment this year, and I'm inviting our guests and listeners to join me on our Cool Tool Show and Tell, which is the program that you're listening to right now. So if you feel you'd make a good guest on this podcast and have four uncommon tools that you'd like to share with us, um, 
please sign up on our form on the website and we'll see about inviting you. You must be comfortable taking all, talking on a video and um, you need to have some tools that you can show. Um, we record on, as you know, on Zoom. We do a YouTube version, a visual video version of it, as well as an audible version. Fill out the form if you're interested and um, list your four, four cool tools and we'll see if there's a good fit. The applications aren't guaranteed in any way. Um, and we're looking at tools that are new to us and appropriate tools and um, whether the times will work for you. So um, we're really interested in hearing from people all over the world, not just in the U.S., although the tools have to be available online, easily available online. And um, if you are a longtime listener, you kind of know what the definition of our tools are. They're very broad. They can be anything that's handy, from something in the kitchen to something used to travel to a workshop to something professional that we may not know about. We're really interested in things that we don't know anything about. So um, this is an open invitation. We'll give it a try. If you think you make a good guess for this podcast, um, fill out the form. There'll be a link somewhere on our website. Um, and we look forward to, to chatting with you. Thank you.